Welcome to Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast designed to normalize the discussion around all things pee, poop, sex, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Noble, owner of Pelvic Pride Physical Therapy and Wellness, an LGBTQ-owned transgender safe space and clinic for all. Grab a pint and come as you are as we uncover the myths around our genitals and destigmatize normal body functions, as well as normalize asking for help. So raise your glass because it's a beautiful day to save pelvic floors. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Pints and Pelvic Floors, the podcast. Um, I hope you have been enjoying our guest episodes. We have a lot more coming for you. They've been really fun to record. Um, getting to have just different conversations with people that are in the area, not in the area, and have different areas of expertise, um, and, but really bring something to individuals who may be seeking out pelvic floor physical therapy. So what I want to talk about today is something we actually recently posted on our Instagram, and I figured I would take some time to um, kind of chat about it a little bit more and dive a little deeper into it. You can only say so much in like a Instagram post square or in a caption, not that many people read captions anymore. Um, so I figured why not have a full podcast episode on it and talk a little bit more. So the title to the, uh, Instagram post was why seeing a cash-based provider or an out-of-network provider is better. We have a old blog post on this that I actually kind of went in and reworked about mm, a couple months ago. And that's kind of the start of this. But I mean, I think that post was like from 2021 or something like, or 2020. It was like, it's a pretty old post. Um, but a lot of the sentiment still reigns true. And at first I shared a lot of my experience, but then I went in and kind of streamlined it. So we'll kind of do a mixture of both on this episode. So when kind of writing all of this down, I summed it up into four main areas or four main reasons that seeing an out-of-network provider is better. And those are more one-on-one time with your provider. Your care is decided on by your medical expert, not by your insurance. You're not locked into treating one issue at a time, and there's no surprise billing. So let's dive in. More one-on-one time with the provider. This is huge for me and huge for public pride. Um, when, when I have worked throughout my career, I have worked with a lot of support staff, a lot of really awesome support staff and some support staff that wasn't super great. Um, and what I mean here, when I say support staff, we're talking about um, rehab aides, rehab techs, um, interns, people who are coming to us that are looking into getting into the field of physical therapy, have no training in our field per se. Doesn't mean they're not good at what they do. Doesn't mean they have, don't have a lot of knowledge. They just don't have the same training yet. And I have worked with them in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's doing things like putting together home exercise programs or um, getting modalities together when I was working more orthopedics. Um, but I've also worked in settings where the requirement from our you know, um, bosses were that you had to have them help with exercise. And so what that means is I may be treating a patient in one room and I have another patient who's in another room doing exercises with a rehab aid. And then you're being told by your bosses, you have to bill for that. And technically you can, you just have to code it appropriately for the level of skill that it is, whether it's a skilled or non-skilled treatment. Um, but that just meant that much less time you have with your provider. You don't get the same kind of skill set to sit and ask, you know, um, how can I do this at home? What if I don't have a band? Uh, this is a struggle here. Or have someone with the skilled eyes to watch and notice, hey, you're compensating this way. Let's do, dive into why. Um, you know, is it a weakness? Are we overcompensating with a hip flexor instead of a glute med muscle? Um, are we rolling our hips forward and that's why we don't feel it in the right place? Like there's a lot of reasons why having your therapist with you one-on-one can be super valuable. And that's just one of the examples of ways that I've worked in settings where that wasn't the case. Um, Also, I've had 
patients come in and we talk about things like dilators. And I ask, have you tried them before? And I've heard stories where they're like, oh yeah, I've done that with a previous pelvic therapist. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Tell me what your experience was like. And they'll say things. I mean, shocking things like, oh yeah. So I would go in the room and they would put the dilator in and they'd prop it up with a pillow and they put on some soft music and they leave me in there for 20 minutes. I was like, okay, hold on. So you went and your insurance or you paid for skilled therapy and then you laid in a room with a dilator and no one around you. Yep. That was it. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's talk about what worked with that. Let's talk about what didn't work with that. We kind of dive in because I don't want anyone to ever feel shame or feel bad about their experience, but I just want them to understand how we can make that experience a little bit better, how we can make it a more positive um, outcome. So that's one. Um, biofeedback is famous for this too. So we'll do another episode in the future on just like, what is biofeedback and what do we mean when we say that? Um, but we're going to use biofeedback, the mechanical way in which we are using like sticky electrodes on the skin, or maybe a probe that's inserted either vaginally or rectally. And it is monitoring the, um, the current. So basically monitoring like how much your muscles are firing and you see that displayed in some manner. Um, it can be as simple as like colorful, lights that get, you know, higher and lower on a very basic piece of plastic machine, or you can get it really fancy where it's on software and a computer and you're actually watching like a dolphin swim out of the water or a rosebud open and close or whatever it may be. Um, but similarly, I've had patients that have been hooked up to machines like that and left in a treatment room on their own for some amount of time. And it's called skilled therapy. That's mind blowing. That is not skilled therapy. That is something you can do at home. You don't need anyone. You need someone to teach you how to set that up and then you can totally do that on your own. So I don't find value personally in that for a one-on-one skilled therapy session. So the way that a cash-based clinic is working in theory is that you are supposed to be seeing your therapist one-on-one the entire time you have a session. Um, You know, very, and maybe I'll talk about this a little bit more in a later episode too, but very rarely here at Pelvic Pride because I dry needle and Marlena does not right now. Um, I will see some of her patients for dry needling. And so what happens is she'll get started with them, chit chat, get their subjective, um, kind of talk through what the plan is for the day. And then at some point she tells me, Hey, we're ready. I'll come in. I'll do the dry needling. And then I leave and she continues on, but she's there the whole time. Like she's there. She's part of the treatment. She's observing and she's learning. Okay. This is how the response was. This is what they did. Okay. Now how can I support that with my hands on the rest of the session? So that's not to say that, you know, you never see anyone else. If we need a second set of hands or eyes or experience, we'll totally bring that in. But that the point there is you are with a skilled provider the entire time you're being treated, not a little bit of your session, not being passed off to a rehab aid or attack or someone who's more of a support system, who's just there to help guide you through some stuff to kind of fill the time. So that is a huge, huge one, which is probably why I started with that one. Next, your care is decided on by a medical expert, not the insurance company. So back to my experience working in orthopedic world and insurance world, because I've treated pelvic health in the insurance world too. And we probably even more in the pelvic health world, which is why so much pelvic health goes out of network is because insurance loves to deny for a variety of things. We'll start with the more pelvic related, then we'll jump back to the more ortho related. So pelvic related. Insurance likes to deny because it says that pelvic health is experimental for things like painful intercourse. Um, They don't necessarily believe that working on tight muscles or strengthening 
or working on coordination, things like that can be beneficial for certain diagnoses. And so they have deemed it experimental and therefore they will not pay for it. But we, I mean, the field has thousands and thousands and I'd even, you know, go to say millions of people who have benefited from pelvic health, physical therapy, occupational therapy. And so it's not experimental. It's actually very valid that this is treatment that works. Um, but they may say, oh, that diagnosis code you gave us, we're not going to cover it because we don't think pelvic health is the right place for them to be. And trust me, we're open to making sure you have multiple providers in different places. If they want chiropractic, if they want acupuncture, if they want orthopedic PT, if they want anything else, we're happy to help support that too. That is, we're not going to sit there and argue with this, but they shouldn't be the ones making the decision of what can and can't be covered um, on that end. Another example that I get a lot is when you have a plan that only has so many visits, like 35 visits for the year. This is a very common like Blue Cross Blue Shield coverage. We have 35 visits for the year. They are putting a limit there and that gets super nuanced and we won't dive too deep into that. But what they're saying is we're going to pay for 35 visits. Well, what if this is a pain you've, a chronic pain you've had for your, um, most of your life? Um, what if it's a diagnosis like endometriosis where it's, it's not going anywhere? I mean, there is excision surgery. There are things like that. Amazing. But there are some of these diagnoses that we're not PCOS, like we're not getting rid of it. We're helping to manage the symptoms. We're helping to give you a better quality of life. We're helping to mitigate how your body is responding to the fact that this diagnosis is also a part of your story. And so, yeah, you may not be fixed. And I put this in air quotes. I don't have video yet because I'm listening to Shantae, Movement Maestro. We are not at 100 episodes, so we are not at video quality yet. Um, in that, I'm trying to figure out all the recording and all the other stuff before we get to the, do we want to do a camera? Anyway, air quotes of fix the problem in 35 visits. Some people come for maintenance. I have some people who just come every week or two weeks because it just, they're like, this is what keeps me going and moving and getting out of bed and living life. Okay. So we don't need an insurance company who is not a medical provider to come in and say, "Mm, no, we don't want to pay for that. Mm, No, we don't think that's covered. So when coming into a out of network clinic or cash-based clinic, it's your time, it's your money, and it's your session. And you get to help dictate what you want treated, what you want worked on, no matter what the insurance has to say. Um, you're able to say, this is the thing, this is the concern, this is what I want help with. And we're here to help you. That brings us to point number three. You're not locked into treating one issue at a time. I have also worked in clinics where if someone came to me and they're like, I'm having some low back pain and pelvic floor pain, great, we're working on it. And they come in and like, oh, I tweaked my shoulder this weekend. My clinic won't let me treat both. That clinic would say, you have to do one or the other. And so you could switch it and be a shoulder problem today. And we have to do a whole nother eval and with bills to the insurance as a separate eval and everything goes as two separate cases. And we have to choose every time you come in, are we working on the hip? Or are we working on the knee? Are we working on the pelvic floor? Are we working on the shoulder? And they were just separate cases. And that's all we were allowed to do is one, di- one case at a time. You couldn't treat both. So it didn't matter how much your shoulder hurt. If you didn't have a case for it, we couldn't help you until we started a case. And that's super frustrating. I work a lot with people, maybe we're thinking like our pregnant folks who just birthed a baby coming in, they have pelvic floor concerns. We're working on, you know, recovery after that, but they're also caring for carrying, lifting, feeding a newborn. And maybe, yeah, their shoulder and neck is starting to bother them. And it's just taking a toll. It's compounding. They're like, this is really the problem today is my neck and shoulder. Like I can live with the pelvic floor the way it is today, but if this neck shoulder problem doesn't go away, I'm not going to sleep very well the next few days. Okay. 
Great. We do an assessment, we throw it into our plan of care, and we keep going that day. Let's do the neck and shoulders. We can do a little bit of both. We can focus on one. We can do whatever the patient needs to do. Um, I have another patient who is a runner and a very active individual, and it's very similar when he comes in. Some days it's the pelvic floor. Sometimes it's a knee. Sometimes it's an ankle. Sometimes it's a hip. Sometimes it's a combo of all of them. And we just take it day by day when he comes in. How are you feeling? What are you feeling in your body? We'll run through his week. What has he been doing? How have things been going? Maybe we work a little bit of hip. We do some dry needling. We'll check out the foot and ankle, and then we'll check his pelvic floor, make sure it's not tightening up. Or as we've released the hip and we've worked on some of the mechanics of the ankle, now how's the pelvic floor feeling? Um, so I don't think you should be locked into treating one issue at a time, especially when we want to like promote ourselves as being full body. We whole body approaches, we're holistic. We treat head to toe. We can treat anything and then tell someone "Mm, we can't treat those two things, especially when they're super related. And for the most part, they're related. So when you come to a cash-based practice or an out-of-network practice, you get that flexibility of being able to treat whatever the concern is that day. The last part, which kind of goes into the insurance a little bit in the beginning, so we're going to dive back into it now, is there is no surprise billing. So what this means, and we always get this question on the phone and it's super, super, you know, fine. We are used to hearing it, but people ask, um, can you give me like an approximate? And I always laugh and I'm like, actually, we can tell you exactly how much it costs because we have a set fee schedule. We know exactly what our initial evaluation costs. We know exactly what our follow-up visits cost. And those don't change unless our prices increase. And unfortunately, with the fact that there's inflation in the world and prices of everything are going up, it does happen, but it's a set price. It's not just going to magically change. It won't be different session to session. It's not going to depend on anything. You come in and you are here for a chunk of time and we are treating within that chunk of time. So there is no surprise bill. You know exactly what you're on the hook for as soon as you walk in the door. And the issue with insurance and problems I've run into both personally and professionally is sometimes there are surprise bills. I actually had one patient, um, it scheduled with us, done all the intake paperwork. It was like a few days before her first appointment and she emailed or called, I can't remember which one. And she was like, I can't come in for right now. I just got a huge medical bill. I did not expect because I thought my insurance was covering it and I can't afford both right now. And I was like, you know what? No worries. Totally understand. It happens. We're here if you need us in the future because surprise bills happen like that. And so Basically, what can occur, and so I'll give you like a real life example. We'll go back to our friend who had 35 visits, and we'll use an example of the clinic I've worked in in the past. Let's say you have 35 visits, it's the middle of the year, and you've had something going on, and we've been treating you twice a week for up until this point. Well, if a couple things, if it's visit based and the insurance and the clinic itself is not tracking your visits appropriately, they may lose track of the 35. Um, even better example, maybe you're also seeing a chiropractor or maybe you're seeing a different type of PT. So let's go, maybe you're seeing an ortho PT somewhere and then you're seeing us for pelvic health and us being us, the, the Dr. Joy in a different clinic, um, for pelvic. And you're also seeing a chiropractor side note. If you see a chiropractor and a PT in the same day with some insurances and you're using your insurance to pay for both, they'll only pay for one service. So if you see both of us, and one of us bills first, and that one gets paid, insurance kind of check marks that day and says, oh, we've used a visit today. So when the second bill comes in from whoever billed second, that provider will get denied saying, "Mm, there's no coverage for this day. We've already maxed out our allotted units for the day. And that, that company will come to you and say, hey, by the way, your appointment on October 3rd got declined 
because it says you already used your visit. And then we found out, oh, you went to a car park around the third too. Okay. So now you owe us because in your paperwork in the beginning, you checked off saying, I will take on all financial responsibility if my insurance denies. So now you owe for that visit. Surprise bill. So back to our original example. So you've got all these different things going on. You're seeing the Cairo, you're seeing us, you're seeing ortho PT, and we're tracking your visits because in our brain, when we called and verified, they said she has 35 visits for the year. We put 35 in our little system. And so we're counting them down and we're like, this is great. We got 15 more visits. We're doing fine. Except for what we didn't know is you were seeing these other providers and they're counting into those 35 visits too. And all of a sudden one day, our bills are going to get declined. And when those bills at the insurance company or at the insurance-based PT clinic get declined, same thing like the Cairo that one day, you're going to owe for those sessions because you signed on the paper that says, I agree to pay if my insurance declines. So it might be that you see two services in the same day that you don't know are being billed at the same rate or the same way. It might be that you're seeing multiple providers and they don't know about each other and that your visit limit is being met faster than we think because we don't know that we've run out because our system is only tracking our visits, not everyone else's visits. And the last one might be that at some point your insurance company just says, this isn't medically necessary anymore, which go back to point number two, care decided by a medical provider, not an insurance company. But insurance may say, we don't think this is necessary anymore. We're denying it. Well, when they deny it, they say, we're denying it starting on whatever, you know, August 4th. That was the day we stopped, stopped saying, we don't think this is necessary. We actually think only 12 visits were needed. You're up to almost 20 now. And we just don't think those were worth it. So we're stopping our payments, which means now we're going back to our October 3rd example. Now that it's two months later and you've been seeing us still, you have all these bills that are kind of outstanding that the insurance is denying because they say, nope, you aren't, this wasn't needed after the fourth. But two months later, we're saying, hey, this pelvic clinic or this you know, clinic out in the world that takes insurance is like, hey, we need our money. Your insurance company won't pay the bill because they said it's not necessary, but you saw us. You also signed the paper that said you're willing to pay for this if you need to because your insurance denied. Well, they denied us for two months. So we need payment for two months. Insert surprise bill. So this is not ideal. No one's trying to get you. This is not like a big scheme on the PT clinic side. So let me back that up and really give us some, some credit here. We are not trying to scheme you. We really aren't. We are doing our best. We are checking your benefits. You know, unfortunately, the world of insurance, it's on the patient to make the decision of, you know, monitoring what's happening with our, um, our insurance bills and stuff like that. It's our um, job to, to know what our coverages are and to be aware of things that are double dipping. But when it's not your field, like if insurance isn't something you work with all the time, it's hard for us to know as a consumer. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that I understand my insurance. Like we're currently doing something with our dentist because they stopped taking insurance and the way it was billed, we have out of network benefits since the way it was billed. Um, they came back and like, we won't pay for that for another two months and four days. Cause that's when your next one is due. If they changed the billing to a different type, we'd be fine. So anyway, I understand it, but that's because I'm, I've worked in insurance as a provider. I understand the nuances to it as a normal consumer who doesn't work in insurance like that. It's really tough to be able to navigate this. And so it's fine. It's fine if you need to. It's fine if you have to use insurance. We are totally respectful of that and re- understand that that's a thing. We were, you know, my husband and I have some providers that we see that are in network and some that are out of network. And some of it's because we prefer one provider and some of it's because we need to have the insurance cover certain things. We, I totally get that. But 
especially when it comes to this, that is a nice part of it is there is no surprise billing. You know, the moment you walk in, you're on the hook for this much money and you pay it that day and it's over and you continue on. There will never be a surprise bill. There will never be declining. The only declining that happens is if your card doesn't go through and hey, it happens and we work with you. Um, you know, sometimes it's an HSA that's almost at the end of its funds. We're willing to split. Hey, it's, I have a hundred bucks left on my HSA. Can you put a hundred bucks here and then do the rest? Sure. We'll do whatever we, we need to. Um, but we will never have a bill that comes up that you're just like, oh, by the way, you owe this extra money. And so that can be a really nice part of this is just recognizing that, you know, there isn't going to be a medical bill at the end that you weren't expecting. So those are some of my, I'll step off my soapbox now. (laughs) These are, uh, the reasons why we're cash-based. We want to be able to be with you more one-on-one. We do not want to spend all of our time documenting and filling out paperwork and trying to convince your insurance this is medically necessary so they'll pay for it so you can keep getting your care. Because in the end, we end up just getting not paid, which really stinks because as much as we love doing what we do and we want to give out free services to the world, we also have mortgages and we have families and we have bills and we have you know, kids that are in sports and events and things. And so we have to make money too. That's just the unfortunate reality of the world we're in is money is what, what our currency is to do everything. Um, we want to make sure that we're helping to make the medical decision, not the insurance company, right? I didn't go into PT to be told by an insurance company that I can or can't do my job or shouldn't, shouldn't do my job. Um, I feel like the whole point in me getting a doctorate in physical therapy was to be able to make that decision. The reason I have a board certification and the reason I have a license is a medical license is so that I can practice my medicine the way I see fit. Um, and I appreciate that there are boards there to help keep us in check for people that go a little rogue, but it shouldn't be an insurance company saying, we don't want to pay you. So you can't do that. I love that we don't get locked into one treatment. I want everyone to walk in and know that whatever their concern is that day, it can be worked on and it can be addressed. And so, um, you know, we walk in, it's your session, it's your time. What is it you want to work on today? And like we just nailed all the way to the wall, no surprise billing. You will never walk out of here wondering, what am I supposed to pay? What do I owe? Because it's always very upfront, transparent. I'm happy to discuss that with anyone who has questions. So those are some of the big reasons why seeing a cash-based practice is better. Those are some of the reasons why we decided to be a cash-based practitioner. Um, And I just thought it'd be cool to kind of dive in a little deeper, share a little bit more stories, things like that. Um, This post kind of, it didn't go viral by no means, but it it did gain a little popularity. It got shared a hand, you know, 20, 20 something times um, by others. It's been seen by over, it was like 625 people when I last looked at this last night. Um, Let's see real quick. Uh, we're up to like 635. So 10, 10 extra people have seen it in the last like 10 hours. Um, so it's really fun. And I think it's important to share this. Um, I think there's a lot of illusion around like this whole out of network thing. And people are seeing a lot more pe- providers go that way. And I think this just kind of helps sum up some of the reasons why. Um, if you have concerns, if you're worried, like, why is this happening? Why are we all starting to drop insurance? What's the point in insurance? It's a really good question. Um, insurance is important. It does a lot of great things for us, but I think that's a bigger conversation to be had with insurance companies, to be had with your legislators, um, to help improve the care that you're getting, to help improve the reimbursement. So providers aren't working like crazy. When I worked in orthopedic clinics and stuff, I would have to see two and three people at a time. Um, it, it was just bonkers how busy everything was. There were so many people all the time. You're just like juggling patient to patient. I felt like I was jumping from 
hands on to hands on to hands on while my techs were running around doing exercise. And it just, it didn't feel skilled. It didn't feel great. Some people loved it. Some people did really well. Patients did really well. Um, PTs and OTs busted their butts to give them the best experience possible, but it's just not sustainable. And then when you introduce pelvic floor and the intimacy and the vulnerability and the undress and all the things that comes with what we do, it just doesn't work that way. I can't be balancing different people. I need to be here and present and listening to this person's story and here to care for them for their entire time they have me. Um, So that's a little bit about why we are a cash-based practice. I hope this was informative and helpful. Um, I think that's about all we have for today. There is another guest episode coming up next week. So hope you enjoy that one. If I had my schedule in front of me instead of across the room, I'd tell you who it is, but I don't. we are still recording those. Like I said, they've been a lot of fun. I've been planning out for the year kind of what the topics are going to be. We have some neat ones coming up. We've got things like what are different types of laxatives. Um, we have some fun like Valentine's Day stuff coming up and yeah, just some some neat things coming. But as always, if there's anything you want to know, anything you want to hear more about, send me a DM, reach out in whatever way feels good to you. Let me know. And I'm happy to throw your idea onto a podcast episode list and cover it for you. So until next time, cheers. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute providing medical advice or professional services. Please reach out to your primary care provider if you need any assistance.